Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast. And hey, this is a GDP Minute. And this is produced by a brand new producer for the show, Estelle. And she's right here next to me, so I won't say anything mean about her. But listen, we just had Tanya of Bar Nine Studios up on the show. And Tanya is a young boss. She owns four different bar studios in the North Shore and greater Boston area. She, she also has another location. Um in assembly row and she used to be a patriots and bruins cheerleader and she used to do cheer stuff for the celtics and so there was a lot of talk in this episode one about what it was like being a professional cheerleader two what is bar and why don't men do it and how can we incentivize men to do more of it to be honest Still seems pretty taxing, if I'm being totally transparent with everybody. Seems like definitely a female-centric workout. And she also talked about how she scaled her business and how she kind of acquired a business sense over time to to build her brand up more. And I think she'll probably open some more studios coming up. She's a hustler, man. Additionally, we had a little bit of talk about diet in there because... Tanya does an 18-6 fast, which is like a more extreme version of fasting than most people do. And we had a great time. Did you have a good time? Estelle said she had a really good time. So that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. And there is big information about the new GDP event coming up January 17th. And I'll have more registration information coming up. But it's going to be popping. I'm ready to go sales mode. That is a GDP Minute. Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. So the double clap signifies the start of an episode. And before I begin, everything okay over there? Yeah. I just got to say one thing. Hi, this is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast. And if you by chance get any sort of value from this episode, whether you're entertained, you learn something, or it's just an easy listen for you in your car, just share it with a friend. That's all we ask. And I have one more piece of information. I'm hosting an event on January 17th. It's called GDP Hustle. Was I telling you about this? I don't think you have yet. I got a lot of ideas, man. Okay. But it's booked. And so I'm pulling together all these different Boston-based startups and companies for a little networking event. But not one of those corny networking events where you go show up it's awkward our events are fun there's gonna be a live 30 second pitch competition in podcast format that i'm gonna be mediating <clears throat> excuse me there's gonna be a guest speaker who's an entrepreneur and free drinks all night baby boy <laughs> can't beat that well still you probably couldn't even show up right no yeah i turned 20 yes on saturday happy birthday thank you do you want to just quickly announce that who you are and what's going on and then we'll introduce our guest uh yeah so my name is estelle i i go to northeastern university right now so i'm just like studying journalism and international affairs so this is like something pretty new to me like the podcasting world but it's been interesting to learn about it so far you're killing it you're doing a great job and then on my right and on the camera's left we finally got it done we how got it done. Yeah, how many times did we try to do this? Probably third or fourth, right? This is the third, I think, yeah. And initially, it was my fault. It was the first time I've ever canceled an episode, so I'm sorry. That's okay. 
I just hate not being professional. Even though I'm wearing a hoodie today, I just hate it. But on my right, and I want to make sure I say your last name right, I have Tanya Crotu. Cro- Croto. Croto. Mm-hmm. Is that Italian? Nope. What is it? I think it's like French Canadian. My dad my dad has a Greek and French Canadian background. Oh, so you're one of those like mixes. Oh yeah. So you're like Irish Italian. Oh yeah, my mom's Irish, yeah. No way. Oh yeah. Big mix. And so Tanya is has had an crazy crazy career based on like some of the research i was seeing you had like 15 different jobs professional cheerleader slash dancer <laughs> you worked you worked in a corporate company for a little bit but now she's a big bar b-a-r-r-e boss in boston yes and she showed up can... in the beam sauce she showed up in the <laughs> beam sauce not to be confused with bar bar running a, a bar with alcohol can you quickly just give a synopsis of who you are and what you do my name is Tanya Croto. I own Bar 9 Studio. We have locations in Danvers, Andover, Woburn, and Somerville. And are you enjoying it? I love teaching class. Yeah. Do you like teaching class or do you like building the business more? There are some days that when I know like my body's feeling it and I'm like, okay, today's like a business day. But then there's nothing that compares to getting up in front of a group of people that are just kind of like all amped up to be there. And we call sweat and shake because when you do bar, you shake. So there's nothing that compares to kind of motivating that group and getting them, you know, just like outside their comfort zone for an hour, having them kind of like take a break from reality. At what point did you realize, okay, like I love bar, but... I want to grow a business. I have to acquire a certain business sense. I mean, you went to Suffolk, was it? or I went to Suffolk University, yep, for business. Before that, I actually went to Marion Court College, which is no longer around. It's a two-year school in Swampscott. What, what was it called? Marion Court. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, so it was a, um, initially it was a two-year school and it was all female. So I went there from high school. So the backstory is I initially wanted to graduate high school, move to California and be famous. Nice. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everybody. And my dad said, you know, you need something to fall back on. Like you can absolutely go, but why don't you go to school first? So I said, well, I don't really know what I want to do. I want to dance. I love to teach. I like acting, you know, all that kind of stuff, performing. Um, So I found Marion Court, which was, it's like a business school. So I studied marketing and accounting. Were you a good student in high school? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like you know, valedictorian or anything. But you were just... I did my homework. I showed up all the time. You went through the motions. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And Um, athletics back then or... Yeah, dance and gymnastics. Was there a dance team in high school? Um, I don't know if my high school actually had a dance team. But you were part of one of those like club dance teams? Yeah. After high school, I joined... In college, I joined a group called Funk Phenomenon, which you've heard about, I'm sure. Maybe. Um, They have Little Funk right now who dance. They dance at the Celtics games every game. Okay, cool. So Rhea Briggs um, Connor, her last name is now, she started Funk Phenomenon a long time ago. And um, a friend told me about it. I auditioned. This is after high school. It's like one of the little white girls in the the group of lots of real fun (laughs) hip-hop dancers. And I... Somehow made it in. <laughs> and and so what was the popular dance at this time? Because it comes in trends. Yeah. Was it, I mean, I definitely it think hip-hop. Was it crump? Were you guys crumping? Um, like we had breakdancers. They had um, 
lots of like pop in, lock in, all that kind of stuff. The good old days. Yeah. The pop in. Raya tries to really bring it back to old school hip hop and none of this like nonsense that's going on these days. But as a youth, were you like part of dance teams or you were always just I danced at a dance studio in Beverly. And then once I got old enough, you know, they asked me to teach. And so I would choreograph like little jazz slash hip hop routines. So you've always been doing it. Yeah. I mean, I danced since I was three and then I, I did gymnastics, but I really fell in love with dance. So eventually I stopped the gymnastics. Okay. And so you're at Marion Court and what's going on? Two years. After two years, it's over. It, it then transferred into a four-year uh, four-year school after that, but I wasn't there then. So I transferred to Suffolk, and I did my last two years there. And then upon graduating from Suffolk, obviously first you need a job. So I got a job at this company. It's not called Wealth Management Group anymore, but a small company that was actually in Lynn. And then they moved to Danvers, which was super convenient because I was from Danvers. I lived there. Um, like and I worked Liberty there for nine Mall years. Area. Um. Is that like Plains Park area. Okay, unfamiliar. Like where the firework display used to go off down there. But near the mall. The North Shore is like a different state. Where are you from? Lincoln. The woods. Oh yeah, definitely different <laughs> area. Do you know Lincoln? Lincoln Mass. That's like where Paul Revere like rode his horse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Lincoln like you know Lincoln, but... Well, do you know... This is actually interesting. Do you know anything about like revolutionary history? Because we like grew up where the country was built, but no one who lives here knows about it. Yeah, I don't. I know. I don't know a thing. Yeah. It's, it's Wait, boring. you don't even know when you were born there? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. You guys at least have a statue or something, like yeah. commemorative? Probably, but I don't even know about it. I mean, who wants to learn about that type of history? It's boring. So you're, you get a job at wealth management. What yep. are you doing? Are you crunching numbers? I was just like the front desk person there. Oh, so you were because just... I wanted to be able to teach dance. You always so I was knew like, you wanted. Initially, coming out of college, I'm like, I need a job. You know, where can I find a job? I need health insurance, all that kind of stuff. And my boss was so great to allow me to leave early two days and go teach. Where? So it was a perfect fit at my dance, the dance studio in Beverly I grew up with. And then um, in 2005, for the third time. I auditioned for the New England Patriots cheerleaders. So I'd already auditioned twice before that. Um, And throughout this time also, like I had gone to New York and auditioned for the Knicks. I went to Miami, auditioned for the Heat. I had um, my plane ticket booked to audition for the Dolphins. And I ended up choosing to not go to that and stay and audition for the Pats right after they came off that 05 Super Bowl. So it was like 500 ladies there. It was wild. So you got rejected the first two years? Yeah. And were you pissed? No, I didn't know what I was doing. I was so young. Like I think I was 18 when I first tried over the Knicks. 18 or 19 when I tried it for the Pats first. And I tell people that all the time because if you try it one time and it's like your dream to do, you know, we call it NEPC, right? New England Patriots Cheerleaders. If it's, that's your dream, you might not make it on the first time. It totally depends who the coach is taking back out of the veterans. Obviously, there's a certain look. So you might just not have that look. You could be like the most beautiful girl, best dancer, very personable, but it just, you can't have 25 brunettes, you know? So you just That's have to how mix it works. It up. You have to have different girls yeah. with different color hair. Well, I mean, would you want to look at a poster of everybody's a brunette? Like you'd want variety. Variety. And like people with different ethnic back- backgrounds too. Yeah. 
So you get turned down the first two years and then like... Magically made it. <laughs> were, were, you, were you stoked? Oh my gosh, yeah. What was that I like? I couldn't even believe it. The first two times I went in thinking, like I was so dead set that I was going to get this. I worked so hard. I wanted it. And then the last time I went, I was like, well, I've been rejected before. Like, let's just see what happens. It was such a better mindset to be in. Because then when it happened, I was like blown away. Very exciting. And so you were then nominated to the team. There were what, like 20, 25 other girls on the team? Or? We had 24 at that time. It's a little different now, but... And so do you, as a professional cheerleader, like you have a certain role? Because I'm, I'm imagining you were probably the one they were launching like 100 feet in the, the air, right? No. So, it was, I mean, it was different then. Like now they For have, reference, if you're listening, Tanya is like, like 4'10". I'm five feet even. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever helps you sleep at and night. And I have heels on. <laughs> um, no, like we didn't, we didn't really do that then. We had like a little jump split that we did and they would catch you in the air. But basically it was a lot of dancing. It was just a, a lot of dancing, motivating, you know, big movements so that like the people in the 300s could see you, you know. How did you keep a smile on your face when it was like negative 50 Do degrees? Do you see all these smile lines now? <laughs> I, I know you just have to hold a smile, right? Yep. You hold a smile. I mean, to be honest with you, in the winter, we're not wearing that tiny little outfit. It's we, still so cold though. Yeah, we have like hand warmers in our pockets and we're dancing around like you guys are out there like just standing there. We're dancing for hours. Yeah, but I mean, like, on, like, bru there were no brutal games for you? Yeah. Pouring rain, snow, freezing. Did you like yeah. it? You still enjoyed it, or? I mean, we have the most awesome team. So, I mean, you're out there, and, like, they're just getting touchdown after touchdown. I mean, like, you oh, are yeah. so energized. Do you like football? Absolutely. No? Yeah. Um, so, it's so hard to even focus on, like, the cold and the weather because the game it. is so exciting, yeah. And you're on the field. Like, when when do you get to be on the field? Ever. It's, like, such a unique opportunity. Unless you're, unless you're like, a celebrity or you know somebody or whatever, you don't go down there. So what was your day-to-day -day like? So I worked at the financial advising firm. I taught dance. And then I made the team. I had to give up teaching because there was just not enough time. Is that what most cheerleaders do? They have full-time jobs and then the cheerleading is, like, a part-time side gig? Yeah, it's definitely part-time. We, we say part-time with a full-time commitment, right? Um, so ladies are in college, and then this is their part-time job, or they have a full-time job, and they also do this. But you get paid to be a cheerleader, right? Yeah. So you get paid for, and there's like some charity work that you do, of course, but you get paid for practices, games, promos, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so how many years were you with the team? At that time, you could only do three years. And you had to re-audition every time. So it wasn't guaranteed that you'd make it back. But you made it all three? Yep. So then they bumped it to four. I thought about going back. You still thinking about going back? No. Yeah, don't, ship has sailed. Don't lie to us. <laughs> no. No. Well, you could teach the squad, right? No. My gosh, I haven't made up choreography like that in forever. They have great routines now. Well, so you're... After year one, could you renegotiate your contract with the Patriots? Being like, hey, look, I'm like... The one that's kind of killing it out here. Give me a couple extra bucks. No. You can't do that? No way. Or you just, you probably could have, right? I don't think we'd ever even thought to do that. You're just like so grateful to be there because like you know you could be like replaced at any point. Yeah. Say it again. You're like honored to be there in the first place. You wouldn't like ask for more. Do they have men on the cheerleading squad? Now they do. Yep. <sighs> That'd be a tough job. You want to try? 
I think I'm too big. Don't you have to be no, like... No, he's sh- tall. The guys that are on there are tall. I There's think. one dude? Chill. Is he a perv? I don't know. I'm I, not, bet. I doubt it. I bet. <laughs> in, at PC, when I was in school, these dudes were weirdos. Nonetheless, not not to slam anybody. Um, okay, so you, you're teaching your Patriots cheerleader. You're working the corporate. And then how do you transition into bar? I was, um, so I was done with the team in 08, right after this, the, oh, the Arizona Super season? Bowl when we lost. Yeah. Well, we oh, lost so to the you Giants. On the, you yeah. on the field? Yep. Uh, that was awesome. What was that like? <laughs> oh, so sad because we both have the same colors, right? So when red, white, and blue confetti falls, but it's for the Giants, I'm like, that's our confetti. You know, that was a bummer. And it happened right in front of us. So you saw the catch and everything? Yeah. Oh. So devastating. That uh, was a- Estelle, are you familiar with this? The Patriots went undefeated in their 2007, 2008 seasons when like mm-hmm. Tom Brady had like long, luscious hair. <laughs> and uh, they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl based on off this insane catch where this Giants wide receiver like pinned it against his helmet oh, wow. and like brought it all the way to the ground. Like yeah. a super visual like. We like we're like we've we've won it. It's it's over. The game's almost over. We've won this. How awesome is this going to be? And then that happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. And then like your reactions, just like it's like you don't even him. believe it. You're like, yeah. how did this happen? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What was it like in the locker room after that? Quiet. I don't even remember. I'm not really a crier when it comes to like stuff like that. I mean, I definitely, you know. You cried after that. No, no, no. So I don't know if there were girls crying because I don't remember. It was a long time ago, but definitely quiet. Like just like in a state of shock, I think. Do you get a bonus if, if you win the Super Bowl? No, you get... Um, we get a ring, right? A pendant. So I, it's like a necklace like this, but like it's like a big... It's like the top of the ring. It's a replica of like the top of the ring. I mean, I don't know what they're doing nowadays. This was a long time ago, but the ladies before me that went to the Super Bowls that they won, um, the team won, they would get a pendant. And then a long time ago, the cheerleaders would get rings. So not to bounce around so much, yeah. but, but you also, so you were there during Tom Brady's ACL season two. When like when Matt, was that? That was when Matt Castle was quarterback. Yeah. You was were, I there? Yeah. What was, year was that it was, the, it was the year before the undefeated or was it the okay. year after? I think it was the year after because I think I was at the game as a spectator when that happened. I forget. Do you have, have your phone? To Google it. Do you, you have your phone on you? I put my phone over there. Can you look up Tom Brady ACL tear? I feel like I was at the game when he got injured, but I was I wasn't a cheerleader anymore. I don't think. But this is a long time ago. I'm getting old, so stretching my memory. Yeah, um well I mean this is like twelve years ago. Yeah. This is long before your bar days. My bar days started in oh nine and two thousand ten, kinda. Okay, so your cheerleading career is over, and then I did the Bruins for a year. After that, yep. Was did you enjoy that? No. Why too cold? Um, totally different dynamic. The Patriots are like a world class organization. Like they just have, and this is not to diss the Bruins in any way, because my son plays hockey. He's not a Bruins fan, but you know we're a hockey family, definitely. Who does he like? Oh, geez. So he likes players. He, um, he likes the Blackhawks. He likes Penguins. Well, he likes players, right? So he likes Sidney Crosby. Who was he for? Um, Vaskaleski. I think he was for Halloween. That's who he dressed up as. You're not raising him as a Boston fan? He just... Likes what he likes. Yeah. 
He likes the Pats, but he likes, I mean, his name is Jalen, so he likes Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure. Jalen Brown, maybe. Yeah. I mean, so it's just kind of like he likes players versus teams. But so back to your question. Basically, when I was on the Pats, um, on the cheerleading squad, you know, when we walked around, like we had security with us all the time. Nobody bothered us. We were always kind of like if we were walking through the stands, like not like not through the stands, but through the concourse. We always had somebody with us. So then when I went into the Bruins Ice Girls, half of the team skated and half of us didn't because I'm not a skater. So you're like in the stands kind of like with no choreography, just kind of like dancing around, amping up the crowd, which is totally fine. Just very different from what I was used to. So fans, I feel like, had a lot of access to us. So they were just typical drunk guys, right? Just doing dumb drunk guy things. (laughs) So I was like, this really isn't my scene. Like the Bruins, what I, what the Bruins crowd's a little different. It's too. a different crowd, yeah. And we were on the field. So other than walking to do like a promotion during the game or whatnot, we weren't really up there with anyone that was kind of intoxicated. With the Bruins, we were. So you were in the mix with like a bunch of drunk yeah. people all the time. Like someone dumped beer on our head at one point. It's just uh. so ridiculous, yeah. So I remember just telling my friends like, this is just a very different experience than I've had. And so when you have one experience and you go to something totally different it's not that it's bad it's just i enjoyed my experience with the pats better the patriots are like a, they ran like a firm yeah and the bruins was like no well, i don't think they really understood what it meant to like have dancers cheerleaders whatever they wanted to call us they just had decided like other teams had girls so let's do it but there was nobody really like Obviously, there was somebody managing us, but there was no organization, no one really. teaching us choreography or anything at all. Did you also get to see like audience reactions more because you were like up close with them? Or like yeah, and like them? we had to like shoot those things to shoot like t-shirts oh. at people. And did you I ever, feel did like, you ever blast anybody? Oh, you should have, right? <laughs> you know, kind of like, oh, this is out of my job description, kind yeah. of. Or? Well, it just it, you were definitely a motivator, like a fan team motivator. So I understood why we were doing it, but when you put like pretty girls in the mix with all these very drunk fans. They don't just have to be men, right? Just fans. Anything you have, they want. So they're like, just like jumping. <laughs> I'm like, this is a free t-shirt. Like you do realize this is like worth nothing. Or like a rally towel <laughs> It's not or signed. It's nothing. It's garbage. People yeah. get pumped for the t-shirts. Right. So like it was just like over. not safe, I felt like at some points. Yeah. I was like, I got to get out of here. So you were actually holding like the t-shirt bazooka? Yeah. Like little you is so just blasting people. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Did, yeah. So yeah, how would that work? What happened when you ran out of t-shirts? I mean, that's it. You like exit, or you just keep dancing around. And then people are just pissed because they didn't get a t-shirt. Oh yeah, like oh you didn't give it to my kid. I'm like oh geez, I only have so many t-shirts. <laughs> oh my god. So this was 2009. Um, 2008 to 2009. So you were there the season before the Bruins one too. Uh, yep. Ah, so you missed. Two, I know. You missed two chips. It just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. Okay. So cool. So and then you- I started teaching at a studio in Boston that was. It's no longer there. Um, and R- that real quick rewind yeah. before we continue. You're working the the wealth. Still management. working there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, so you're half corporate, half semi famous dancer. Yeah, and like luckily, you know, I was moving my way up within that company. It was a small business, so. Originally, it was called Prout Financial Services, moved to Wealth Management Group, 
And then now I think it's Stonehearth Capital Management. And they're in Danvers still, so a little plug because they're great people. Um, But my boss was so great. Like he, I don't want to use the word tolerated, but he put up with a lot. Like I was like, can I leave and go? I need to get a practice early today. I need to go do this promotion. Or they picked me to go to China. Can I go even though it's during the blackout time where no one's supposed to be going? away because we have quarterly reports you know like he was so accommodating um and the whole office knew that you had this whole total other life too right yeah it was definitely a passion they knew I had a passion for dance performing and I mean they're all Pats fans so you know so they were cool with the excitement they were they were cool with the the lives crossing over Mm mm-hmm yep that's huge yeah yeah they were really accommodating so and did you enjoy the corporate job too or I definitely liked like both worlds because I felt like I always use this analogy. You know, Beyonce, she calls herself like Sasha Fierce when she goes on the stage. She has mm-hmm. like that alter ego. Mm-hmm. I felt like I, I did. I felt like I had two lives. Like at this corporate job and then I got to like let my hair down and go whip it around and dance and have fun. It's like Hannah Montana. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was really cool. Yep. Okay. So the Bruins are done. Yep. What's next? So I started teaching at a fitness studio in Boston. Um, at the time, it was a new studio that was opening. And the owner had her own method, but was also trying to incorporate other things, such as like maybe like a cardio dance or like there was a class called like Skater Sculpt. So it was a former ice skater who put together a fitness class. So um, at the dance studio I taught at, I would teach like cardio dance classes but it would just be like my own creativity. It wasn't like Zumba per se. I don't even think Zumba was around yet. Maybe it was. Um, so I kind of brought my little flair. They called it cheer dance. And it was like a cardio dance, you know. Fusion. Fusion with abs and working out. You know, it's just like a, a mix of stuff that I taught. I and I really fell in love with fitness. It. Yeah, I mean, did I have a lot of moms there? I mean, I have a lot of mom clients now. Um, yeah, so I would teach there and throughout that time I, I found bar. So I fell in love with bar workouts and I kind of would just like travel all over and take bar classes. Like if I could go to New York for the weekend, I'd go take a class. When did bar start becoming very popular? Was it around the same time? So, I mean, it was, it already existed. It's just that people didn't really, I don't think it had like blown up yet. You know, like bar has been around forever. So, I know you guys did research. What did you find on, on bar and how it's created and all that? Well, I, I didn't. I didn't look at like the history of bar. That's okay. I have. That's all right. So, uh, I'll give you like a quick recap. So, from my research, from what I found is the, um, there was a German ballerina. Her name was Lottie Burke. And I think she was born in like 1913. So, this is a long time ago. She created kind of like the whole idea from from my from what I've researched is she created working out at the ballet bar and like using ballet and like orthopedic stretches and like those type of movements to kind of rehabilitate her body after an injury. She was a ballerina. And obviously since she's passed away, her daughter, um, Esther Fairfax, still has Lottie Burke Studios in London. So it's funny, um, when I opened my Andover studio and there wasn't a bar studio in Andover at the time, this was like around 2012, I was in the studio, it was pretty quiet because I was like a new person on the block, you know, new business, and a woman came in to ask me about classes and I was telling her and giving her a tour and whatever. 
And she was like, this is so awesome. You created bar. I'm like, no, <laughs> I wish I could take, you been like, yeah, I, did. I wish I could take credit for that, but no. So I think to your question, it's been around for a long time, but just like anything else, it kind of like all of a sudden took a big spike and yep. everybody just fell in love with the workout. When was the spike? Well, I mean, when I opened the Danvers studio in 2010, people in that area had no idea what bar was. They were like, oh, you're opening a dance studio. I'm like, no. They're like, is this a dance class? No. Like it just, they didn't even know what it was, you know? How did you, how did you like get the market warmed up to the new type of exercise? Was that tough? I mean, so I'm from Danvers. My dad still lives there. He's like a mile from my studio. Um, The building that I'm in, this is a funny story. So um, the building that I'm in, a guy named Robert owns it. He was always like my hairdresser, my cuts my dad's hair still, all that kind of stuff. He worked at Delaria down the street. When I made it on the team, we were uh, the Pats. We were sponsored by Delaria. So what that means is you can go every so often and get your hair cut and colored complimentary. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, they're a big sponsor. He left Delaria right when I made it on the team. I'm like, Robert. What's wrong with you, Where Rob? are you going? He went down the street, bought a building, and opened his own salon. So I rent in that building. So it's really cool that it's all come full circle because I've known him since I was like 15. So Well, so how did you, you bring the new studio to North Andover? I know we're jumping around a little bit. Danvers. Danvers. So me. I knew that area, right? I went to high school there. So initially, you know, a lot of word of mouth, like my dad and my stepmom, they work out at the local gym there. Um, like I said, Robert, who owns the building, he was passing the word along like, oh, this girl, Tanya is renting the back unit. She's going to start this bar thing. Um, and it was, it was just literally like a leap of faith. Like, I'm like, I think people will fall in love with this. So let's just see what happens. You're a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> it worked though, right? <laughs> it did work. I mean, to be honest with you though, the first year, so like I opened March of 2010 and then I found out in May, I was expecting my first little boy. I was like, oh Jesus, oh my I God. just opened a business. I took my whole savings account, opened this business and now I'm having a baby. Um, so the first nine months was really slow, especially like also going into that winter it was really bad winter, like lots of snow. I was living in Cambridge, so I was driving up to Danvers to go to the office and um, to teach. So it was wild. But then once I came back from having Jalen in January of 11, I didn't come back in January. I came back in like March. Um, it just like blew up. Like we got so busy and everyone like just fell in love with the classes and it was uh, so grateful. Yeah. Was it all word to mouth marketing? Were you spending money on? At that time, no, I didn't have any money. I was gonna say, yeah. how much startup did you need to start the first gym? Um, I probably put like ten grand, maybe a little more. And you were just paying rent and equipment. Yep, I mean my equipment costs are so low. It's like mats, free weights, like tiny. Like what? Like two and three to... pound weights. What if like... a dude comes in though? So bar is like, you know, it's gonna bring these one pound silver balls and I didn't realize you were videoing now in hindsight I would have brought these and made you do this my bad I'm sorry I don't know if the the video hit you with the curveball my bad I I, no, I would have um, made you do some of this workout I don't know how that would work with all this gear on but (laughs) anyway so the idea of bar is it's your own body weight as a resistance very low weights high reps isometric movements which are really tiny so instead of like you doing like a full bicep curl I have your arms out long so now they're out the whole time and you're curling in and out, but you never drop your arms. Did your elbow just crack? Yeah, it cracked. 
Because I haven't been moving today. It, it, I haven't gotten started. I just this, came right here. <laughs> is this this is a safe movement for your elbow? Well, you shouldn't bring it all the way in. You should stop at 90. So then there's resistance. So you're working out against the force of gravity. But so you said if men come in. Guys who are not familiar with this workout or don't do any sort of like yoga or Pilates, it's hard for them. It's, they're not used to it. I have their arms out for seven minutes doing like little circular motions and like bending and pressing and twisting, working like all those underused muscles, like not your dominant muscles. So the fact that I only have like two and three pound weights, I mean, I have four pound weights, but then also you shouldn't really use heavier weights for seven minutes with never dropping your arms. Like that's not good on your joints either. So I just don't know. I'm six foot three and I'm 180 pounds. Mm -hmm. So I just, I mean, you're looking at me like I'm, you could do it. Well, no, but what I'm saying is I don't, when I go to the gym, I don't know if there's any exercise I can do effectively f with a four pound weight. Don't look at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm People saying? People say this all the time. We have a class in February around Valentine's Day. It's called Bring Your Man to the Bar. I'll be there. They all pass out, faint, turn gray. It's actually hilarious. Yeah, for us. You're like smiling like, at me. You're like, like sick that this are like. Are you okay? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Do they think it's going to be easy? They there? do. They the what the women will be like. Oh, my husband thinks he's going to the gym after this. He thinks this isn't going to be like enough of a workout. I'm like, okay. What we'll type see. of is is bar a good exercise for physique building, or is it more of just like a cardiovascular health type exercise? Be it's definitely good for like leaning and toning. So for me, like growing up doing gymnastics, my quads got big. And then by doing this type of workout, it leaned out so much. So I used to, always used to joke around and say, I want to be able to wear skinny jeans. I always had like a really tiny waist, but big legs. So I couldn't get the jeans like over my legs. And if I could, it was big on the waist. So that this type of workout, it, it really does lean out your muscles. And then incorporating all the stretching we do during class. So people will joke with me and say, is this just a stretching class? Is this like yoga? I'm like, no. It's not, <laughs> but we stretch during the class. And so like, if you were to go to the gym, I would venture to say we will stretch more in our class than you would stretch out in like your own hour long workout. Cause we just like incorporate the stretch right after like a seven minute series. There's a quick stretch, but then you jump into something else. So you guys don't even really realize we're stopping for a stretch, especially if I creatively throw a stretch in there. What do you mean? You guys like you, you, my stomach's growling. <laughs> mine is, I, mine you, was um, about to. I was clutching it. Yeah. Um, like the clients in the class. Okay. Like they don't, they don't realize when they leave, they don't leave saying, wow, we stretched a lot today, but then they feel good. And so, you know, they're like, why do I feel so good? I'm like, well, we stretch so much. You're just not realizing it. With you leaning out, how much of that was also diet though? I mean, because we talked about this a little bit on the phone. Yeah. What do you do for diet right now? I do intermittent fasting. Well, I do a combination. So there's a, a thing I found a long time ago, a method. It was, it's basically just like your ideal weight times 13 for calories that you'd want to eat every day. That's for women. For men, it's 15. It's like 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I kind of follow that rule, but I also landed on intermittent fasting and I love it. She High five, girlfriend. I know. You do a way larger window than me, though. Because I'm a psycho. I don't you don't do black coffee to blend your appetite? I can't drink black coffee. So I just talked about this the other day. 
I don't understand how this is why I'm not a registered dietitian and I'm not a nutritionist and I kind of will give like tips and tricks to my clients but I don't try to promote per se like any certain diet because I, I don't have that background um I always just like share what I do and I've had two kids so I know how to get back in shape post baby but you also have to take into someone's their own health situation into consideration so that's why like I won't give advice but um the intermittent fasting I do 12 to 6 so like I try to eat at you know by noon um but I don't understand how people say like the black coffee with even like a splash of milk or like something under 100 calories doesn't break your fast I haven't been able to land on like a good explanation for that I have it you want to hear it yep just doesn't spike your insulin okay I don't put, this is black coffee though. I don't, I don't do any creamer, but yeah. it totally blunts my appetite. So are you just like hungry? When you say 12 to six, you mean like you eat in a six hour window? Yeah. Like I'll eat, I'll eat at noon and then I'll eat probably a snack later on and, and then I'll you, eat and be done eating my dinner by six. Yeah. So that's still an 18 hour fast. That's yeah, like, but you do a longer fast. I do 21 hours. That's so long. But how long have you been fasting for? I started doing this in like July of 17. You could probably work up to something. I don't know if it affects a, a woman's body differently. Yeah, like all the hormones and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't really get all that stuff. Me either. But. I don't think I can make it to 20. Yeah, I'm like, hungry at noon. if you have kids, like you make food with them and like you eat with them. Like yeah. It's different. Yeah, my kids eat early dinner. So it's really easy for me to stay on track at night. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still a girl and there's times you want crappy food and chocolate and all that good stuff right but for the most part they eat early so I can eat early and do you track all your calories um sometimes like when I'm really aggressively like if I'm going on vacation I'm like plugging everything into like my fitness pal because I want to make sure that I am also still trying to stay within like the window of calories that I know is good for me um like I don't want to just rely on the intermittent fasting if that makes sense absolutely I know it works though it does it's crazy. Yeah. How yep. fast did your body switch when you started fasting? Wild, right? Yeah. Probably like the biggest eye opener was um, we took a family vacation in California. And because of the time change and because of the, the way that my kids eat, the schedules that they eat on, um, that's how I kind of fell into it. I basically started eating within a six hour window. And that was, then I came home and I didn't gain a pound. And I looked probably just as good as when I left. And I was like, this thing really works. And then I just kept it going. Yeah. And what does it do for your cognition? Aren't you so much more focused in the morning? Like, do you get all your tasks done in the morning? Oh, it totally depends. I read this thing the other day. It says, like, don't check your phone for the first hour you're awake because you want to be proactive, not reactive. But that's just, like, impossible. I can't. I have early morning classes. I can't l not look at the phone. What about before bed? Do you look at it? Yeah. I know what's it's your, so What's bad. your screen time looking like? It's actually not that bad. How many I think, hours? I don't know. I, I try to not really look at that report. How are you doing, Estelle? Mine is pretty bad. How bad? It was like five My, hours or something. Of social? Well, you guys are looking at a guy who puts out a lot of content. So Yeah, like, so you're on the phone a lot. That's also work. Like yours would be like work. See, this is how I feel like for me. Yeah. Your job. Yeah, I'm on the email all the time. So, what, so how many hours? <laughs> how many hours are there in a day? No, I'm kidding. My, it's a lot of hours. And when... Probably, I'd say, last March, I was recording an audiobook. We were doing this thing for the big children's author I was talking about. 
and I looked at my screen time and one of the girls who was doing the voice work she was looking on with me and we opened it up and she gasped she was like <laughs> oh and I just felt this pit in my stomach I was like yeah I gotta what was it just, it was 10 hours and 41 minutes <sighs> wait a day that week the average oh wow right yeah oh how far are we how far are you from that like close i think you think like nine hours but i look at him like oh it's 24 hours in a day that's not bad yeah but think about <laughs> it you could be talking to people but you're like this yeah some of the time it's in the morning before the kids wake up some of it is at night when they're in bed what are you so on I instagram or the email yeah like email or like you know texting staff or whatever yeah yeah so how big is the team now the bar team bar nine team so actually hiring right now, um, if you think about it, like my like my staff, it goes in waves. So I have all female instructors and some are in their 20s, some are in their 30s. I even have, I think, one or two in their really, really early 40s. Like they're, you know, like me, they're moms. Um, so it kind of goes in waves. Like you have ladies that obviously are starting a family, getting pregnant, and they either choose to come back after they have the baby or they choose to, you know, that they just don't have the time. And then there's, you know, the ladies like in their 20s, they kind of like thought this would be like a fun thing to do. And they find maybe like other fitness methods that they want to try teaching. So they move on, you know, it's kind of like always evolving. So I think I have like 22 right now, but I should probably have more like 28 ladies. What do you look for when you hire? Gotta be kind, nice, fun genuine because I can teach you how to teach pretty much I mean obviously not everybody I can't can't turn everybody into a great instructor I try um but that's like the number one thing my clients will say to me they're like all of your instructors they're so nice I'm like I know I can't work with people that are not nice and sometimes they fool you right so you bring on someone who's like super nice and then they don't stay that way. I'm like, oh, you totally fooled me. But for the most part, I find like very kind, genuine people. They really want to be there. They want to help the clients, you know? Is firing tough for you? Do you know I've, um, I think I've only fired one person in 10 years. It was tough, right? That person wasn't tough. Oh, I, you hated their guts. She wasn't nice. <laughs> she fooled you. Yeah. And, I hate to use the term millennials because there's so many millennials that are not this way, right? But it's just the easiest way to describe it. Like, she was the stereotypical millennial. Like, Like, lazy. Entitled. Oh, oh, you're still pissed. No, I'm not (laughs) pissed at all. She's gone. It is what it is. Bye. But it's just like, (laughs) she was just so entitled. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if when I was like 27, there's no way I was speaking to my boss this way. Never. He would have booted me. And I like think I let it go on almost a year. So it's not like I even didn't try. But so that's what it is. So when the team dissipates, you it's usually just people leaving for other various Yeah, like either a different fitness job or they just thought they might love teaching and then they say like, oh, you know, I actually realize how much I miss being a client. I just want to go back to that. Or the biggest one is like ladies having babies and they either will come back to like be a sub but they can't come back to teaching their regular schedule because they probably have a full-time job. This was their part-time job. Now they had a baby. 
like something has to give. Yeah. So at what point did you realize, okay, I can actually run a business. I kind of think I can handle this. So my dad owns his own business. So I'm going to have like a great role model since day one. He started a chimney company. Um, it's called Boxford, Boxford Chimney Sweep. We used to live in Boxford when I was in second grade. Started a business then. He had so many jobs. He was like a single dad and just grinding Hustler. to try to make ends meet. Um, so I watched him grow that business. Like we would drive around Boxford and I would, this was when you could do this, being a seven-year-old, hang out the passenger side window and like drop things in people's mailboxes um, back in the day. And so, you know, I would help him pass out flyers and he had other jobs. And then finally around when I was like 16, his business really took off. So I watched it go from like nothing to something. And he does awesome now, does so well. And so you just always kind of had a business sense because of that, just being around it or? Yeah. And I, I loved teaching at the dance studio and I always thought I would have a dance studio. Um, but I just fell in love with fitness. And if I had to choose fitness or dance, it was going to be fitness at that time. Um, because if I own the fitness studio, I can obviously incorporate dance into it if I want, you know, and there's a million dance studios like, so. So were you a one man team when you started the studio in Danvers? Yep. And then obviously after I found out I was pregnant, I was like, well, I'm clearly going to be out for some time, like with the baby. So I need to find somebody to cover when I'm gone. So I hired somebody and then I actually hired someone else also. So I had two, two girls teaching a couple classes, like when I was gone and then I came back and just kind of slowly added some people to the mix. And then how did you scale? Like when did you know the second location was a good look? So the Danvers location, when I first opened it, I could only have 11 people in a room. Every class was selling out, wait lists of 11 people, 20 people. Let's go, Tanya. I was like, okay, this is like really going well. And, but I also did have my son. So I was like, okay, I mean, I can't just like up and leave my full-time job and and just do this full time yet. I got to be like really certain that this is going to work. So once I started seeing those numbers and I was like confident that it was, you know, people really were loving the work and it wasn't just like kind of like a phase that they were in. Um, the Andover studio became available. So, or the Andover space became available and it was a fitness studio. And so I, you know, we negotiated that. And then that's when I was like, there's no way I can have a full-time job, 40 hours a week, a Danvers studio and an Andover studio and a child. So I left my job at the financial advising firm and just did those two locations. So were you- like, So your question was, it was sold out, tons of sold out classes. And like, yeah. But were you like, okay, cool. There are way richer moms in North Andover. I should definitely park this there because this is kind of my market is pro I'm assuming rich white moms at the time. So it's in Andover actually right near Sandra's store. I'm I real actually close met someone who knew your studio. I went to the dentist in my in dental technician. No, no, it's in oh. Lexington, but my dental technician knows about your studio. The one Andover. Is it Sheena? Is her name Sheena? Her name's, I think her name was Lisa. I bet you get a lot of leases in your class. There's a lot, a lot of leases and Nancy's. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Kathy's. And, and Kathy. <laughs> Sandra's got to be a little different. Yeah. Yep. So um, you and Sandra built your empires up together. Let's no, go. No, she's way ahead of me. 
What she got like ten years in you? She's got to, yeah, because she started so young. She was like twenty three, maybe. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, way ahead of me. Um, because I was almost thirty when I opened the studio. So. But you were ready for it. Yeah, I was ready, and I had done so much. I felt like I had a good. I had a lot of experience under my belt, you know. Like I taught at fitness studios, I taught at dance studios, I danced for Funk Phenomenon, I did the Pats, I did the Bruins. Like I felt like I had a really, I kind of knew like going into it, I could probably take anything that's thrown at me. I mean, the worst that can happen is this doesn't work. I lose all that I put into it and I, that's it. Close it up. But you can always do Excel spreadsheets somewhere, right? You always knew that nine to five was there. Yeah. So I left my full-time job, opened the Andover studio and um, yeah, I mean... I couldn't even be more grateful because that community welcomed me and did the same thing, sold out all my classes and just kept coming. Have you always been a winner? No. I mean, look, I tried out for all these teams and totally didn't make it. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I think... Have you always been positive? Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, you go, you don't go into it thinking you're going to fail, right? So I, Some people do. You'd be surprised. So silly. Why think like that? It's stupid. It is stupid. How could anyone build anything if they thought, you know, if they just went around with that attitude? Yeah, I feel like you have to believe in it. Yeah. It to work. Yeah, if you don't believe in it. Like, there was, someone said one thing to me that I just was like, wow. Um, he said, when I was opening the da- the Andover studio, do you think your little, your little dance studio is going to work? I was you like. Ch- choked him. I was like, so step one, it's. A bar studio, not a dance it's studio. It's not little, dude. Now it's not actually little. It's double my damper space. Um, but it was just like a comment that hit me. Like I was like, "Wow, there's people like you out there that say this kind of stuff." I would never say that to anybody. And and you think about it every day, right? Um, I definitely thought about it a lot when I first opened, and I was like killing it there. I'm, I'm gonna prove this guy wrong. I'm like, see, it does work. I mean, you can use it as fuel, like <laughs> yeah. Okay, like watch me. Yeah, well, like, I do watch that me a do lot. It. I, it's like a big. It's, I've like really feed off negativity. It's like I don't know why, but it's just like the biggest driver for me. I don't. Yeah. Some people do better with just like being uplifted and positive, but I really kind of operate from the dark side a lot. I think. Yep. I mean, I think for me, it's like I've decided that the things that people believe or the things you know, that they think, it's like their version of reality, right? It's like however they see it. Like you don't see what I see or you don't see necessarily what this could be or you may have had an experience kind of put you into that mindset, but I haven't had that experience, so I don't have that same feeling. So it's like your reality, but it's not my reality. So... I don't know. I don't know that I operate from the dark side or I don't also think I need somebody constantly like be so unicorns and puppies all day long. You're, st- you're steady. Yeah, I think like... Like you your insulin levels. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Yep. So you move to the second studio and you're like the dough's coming in and like do you feel like confident in the way you're operating the business? I mean, I think everybody can always do better. I mean, I could do better right now. Well, I mean, I'm, but yeah. yeah, but off the second In that suit, moment, yeah. But you're like, you know what? I'm leading the team well. Mm-hmm. So then you go, okay, let's do number three and four. Let's just try it. Or So 2010, I opened Danvers. 2012, I opened Andover. And then 14, I opened uh, Woburn. So it wasn't planned like that. It wasn't like I, I didn't go into it. I didn't have like this business plan that said like every two years, I'm going to open a new space. Um I wanted to be in Burlington 
and then a franchise moved into an area of Burlington I wanted to be in. Another bar franchise. Yeah. So I wanted to be, I think the reason I wanted to be in Burlington was like kind of office park area, like people getting out of work and coming to take class. I was like, that sounds like a good place to be. Um, So tried to look for areas that had like, you know, and then that kind of when stuff. did you find assembly row and were you like, so assembly, let's go. Yeah. So assembly, um, Estelle, you know what assembly row is, right? In Somerville. It's, it's you like Legoland. It's like five minutes from here. Yeah. Okay. And okay. When, when you come off 93, it's this massive new complex of like stores and shops. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a bunch of office parks there. Puma's headquarters are right there. They're going to be there. Yeah. And so it was the, the mayor that we had up on the show was the guy who kind of brought it. Joe. You know Joe? So Joe came to the ribbon cutting and it was when he tore, he, I think, his tricep. He wasn't working out, was he? He had that like bionic arm. Oh, yeah, I made him jump in and do some bar stuff with me. No way. Yeah. Joey. Yeah. I mean, it was for like two seconds. He visited all the studios. Okay. Yeah. That was quick. Um, so I think the opportunity came up in 16... And it was a very long negotiation process. I finally signed the lease in May of 17 and then opened November of 17 in assembly. Okay. So you're talking about all good stuff. Can you just kind of explain for anybody, any young female entrepreneur or someone who wants to start their own thing up, some of the minutia that yeah. you had to deal with at the beginning? Or... Yeah. So... Because it's not as easy as Tanya is really making it out to be. Nope. I'm talking about all the good stuff. I know. Let's talk about um, some terrible stuff. So in the fitness industry... It's definitely changed a lot since 2010. So, I mean, you can relate to this. Everybody's now a fitness instructor on Instagram. I know. Everybody's a fitness pro. Influencer. Influencer. Exactly. So that has changed the game a lot for like the brick and mortar places because a lot of those people, they don't necessarily, they don't really have overhead, right? So if they just get somebody to agree to let them teach a class like in their big open grassy field they can collect a bunch of money and just go out there and teach and because they have such a following on instagram for like posting their whole life and everything they eat and all the clothes they wear and all that kind of stuff um people just they gravitate towards that so it's definitely yeah it's convenient yeah so how do you incentivize your clients to keep coming back to your studios so we try to create more of a community where like you know, you come in, everyone knows your name, like they all kind of hang out on the couch before class. They chit chat about like stuff that's going on in their kids' lives, um, work-related stuff, like really take an interest in, you know, this new job that they're taking or the wedding that they're planning for and like the vacation they just went on. Like a real, like a personal approach versus just like somebody through a screen on Instagram. So do you target people who are less tech savvy and I'm assuming like, people over 30 because they're less in tune to kind of the Instagram culture. I don't necessarily like target them, but I, I say like they find us definitely like word of mouth, you know, like, especially like I have two kids. So one, my oldest is almost nine and my youngest is almost five. So I'm at the school all the time on the playground, talking to other moms. My instructors have that have kids have the same experience. You know, they're picking up their kids at preschool and they might have like their bar nine tank top on. And then other moms will say like, oh, where is that place? And then that will lead into, oh, I teach there. I teach on Mondays and Wednesdays. I see you here when I drop off and I see you when I pick up. Like, why don't you come take my class? Because that's where I go when I leave here. So 
and not to say those people like I'm on Instagram and so is my family my dad's on Instagram you know what I mean but it's in a different way you know like um I'm on there just to kind of like promote the studio and make a connection with my clients my clients will friend me especially the ones that have children we all follow each other and they like like to see like the fun stuff I'm doing with my kids on the weekends or like it helps you build relationships because then you have something also to talk about when you go in the studio. Like, oh, I saw you went to this restaurant this weekend. And, you know, was it like it said, I know I was going to take my kids there, but I wasn't sure if it's like as kid friendly as they, I thought it would be. So I use it social for like that. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's not, it's not me to be like that influencer on there. I don't know. It's not my style. Estelle, any questions? I was just going to ask about like the, the dynamic between you being an instructor versus the students. Like, do you feel like if you meet them in real life, it's more even versus like you in front of a class? Like, yeah, I feel like, and this is not to diss any of these people doing this, right? Cause there's all these fitness people I follow on Instagram also. Um, but I feel like they look at them like they're like these mini celebrities, like they're meeting this celebrity. I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean, but this person is not a celebrity. Like my just, abs are way more ripped. <laughs> no, but like, but I'm just like, I don't even want to be viewed like that. I want to be viewed like I'm a real person. Like I tell my clients that all the time, you know, like when my kids Halloween candy is all in my, my house and I'm trying to like do a workout, I'll put like an arrow. I'm like, how the hell does somebody work out in a room with thousands of candy, like pieces around them, you know? And then, They'll write like, I know I keep eating my kids candy. I need to come to your class tomorrow. And I'm like, I know I can't stop eating this candy. You know, it's like relatable. I want to be relatable. I don't want them to look at me like I'm above them or like I'm, you know, this, this person has this like perfect life or like only eats this lettuce demigod. all day long. It's like, I don't eat lettuce all day long, you know. Do you I had eat a burger Chipotle? yesterday. Ooh, from where? <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yeah. Shake Shack. Dude, Shake Shack's hitting. Bomb. I love you Shake Shack. You like Shake Shack and stuff? Yeah, but like I'm from California, so in and out You love in like, and out You have to be dead. Like, I can't believe I just told you guys I ate that. It, it, <laughs> they're it, so it, good, it's though. On camera too. Did, you, did you get a milkshake? Coffee. Coffee shake. Oh, coffee shake. Yeah. Damn. So you have cheat days. Yesterday was my cheat day. Yep. And Rebecca, who works with me, um, she's from California, too. She she brought me to California and had me try in and out What um, was better? It's kind of like what you said. You're from California. You like in and out. I'm from here. I like Shake Shack. Yeah. Would well, you like Five Guys? Five Guys, yeah. If I can't get to Shake Shack, I like Tasty Burger also. Whoa. That's fine. Tasty it's Burger good. is an official sponsor of Golden Deer Productions, actually. So really? Shout out to Tasty Burger. Yeah. They <laughs> yeah. sponsor a bunch of our events. Yeah. What about a a little um, Chipotle? We feeling that? I don't do, chi- I don't do Chipotle. I'm no. surprised. I know. I, I, I would do that, maybe the guac. I feel like that's one of the most healthy meals you can get that's fast casual and cheap i don't do chipotle because i don't know i I never go there my kids are such picky eaters they will not go there like if i go to shake shack they'll make them a grilled cheese and they'll eat the fries and they'll get a milkshake like at chipotle they, they, they won't sound, eat anything they don't sound picky they just sound like oh they're picky they won't eat a burger they don't like burger <laughs> burger meat? chicken nuggets nope why I don't know. Do you traumatize them when, no, when they so were young? Crazy. Like, you I'm will like, be I fit. Eat a burger. I'm like, come on and eat. Yeah, they won't. The little one eats no meat. No, I don't know why. <laughs> and then my older one, he'll eat steak and like spaghetti and meatballs, but it has to be very specific that one I make. Is he like, 
is it an animal thing or no i think it's like a i don't know what do they call it i don't even know the word for it picky how about that just picky (laughs) i wouldn't know i don't have kids yet yep okay i'm gonna ask you two quick questions of value also are you cold be honest it is cold in here it is we gotta know what know what I should do. I'll get some golden deer jackets. Oh. So all our guests showing up this winter will just be like totally insulated and warm. You can't put like a little heater in it. You have a heater right there. It's I noisy just, though. Picks up on the mic. Yeah. And we are in the back of this massive warehouse. Yep. Don't tell anybody. Okay, so listen. What can men do? What can you do to incentivize more men to show up to bar classes? So in other states, like in New York, you definitely see guys in bar classes. Straight um, dudes? Yeah. Really? Yep. Yep. I mean, and not straight dudes. Yeah. Yep. Um, like, I have a client in Woburn. He's a male. He's comes all the time. He does awesome. He lost, not, not necessarily from coming to me, but he's lost 100 pounds. He looks great. Um, anytime his daughter is in town, he has her come to class, and he loves to show her like how good he is at the workout. That's really cute. Um, he's older. So incentivize guys to come. I mean, here's the thing. You're definitely going to be probably the only guy in the room because I do have men that come, but they won't all just come at the exact same time. So you have to wipe it out of your brain that that's a thing. Like if you have an issue with being the only guy in the room, just take it out of your brain. Cause we don't care. Like I'm happy to have them there. Um, when we do the bring your man to the bar class, what I will say is when the guys do stick around and talk to us after, they'll tell us like how good they feel. So I had a guy take the class. You can still hear my stomach. The guy take the class. And then the next day, his wife told me, um, she's like, my husband played his best basketball game yesterday. Like, because he said he felt so good after doing the workout, all the stretching. And it's just like, he was so agile in the court. Um, so I think it's a great compliment to the workouts that guys typically like. It'll definitely make you more flexible. That's 100% certain. And it's going to shock your body in a different way because it's just not something that you're used to. Now, taking one class and never doing it again, it's not going to do anything, you know? Um, but so you will be the only person, only guy in the room, most likely. We don't care. The women don't care because, and I say that because especially in Somerville, a lot of those clients, they go to all the city, all the studios in the city also. So they're bound to see men in the classes that they're going to. So just because you're in my space and you don't necessarily like have other men in the room, the women that are working out, it's not really a thing to them. They're not looking at it like, oh, I can't believe this guy's here. Well, I think what dudes want, and me specifically, like <clears throat> I work out one for discipline reasons. Like, I feel like everything's in check. Two, I work out... I'm non-athletic anymore. I don't compete, so I work out for physique. Yep. Can bar help build your physique? I think it depends what your goals are. Just say yes if you want more clients. Yes. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely you got to move your body every day, right? So like, that's what you said. You want to make sure everything's in check, stay moving and all that kind of stuff. Um, Keep that BMI low, baby boy. Yeah. And I don't think it's good to do the same thing all the time. Don't look at me like that. Like, like you think I do the same thing all the Let's time. Go, Connor. Come on. Connor still hasn't taken a class yet. Just so you know. I'm going for a PR today in the gym, everybody. 
Do you like to run? Absolutely not. Do you run? No. Oh. I walk. Yeah. So we have, um, I haven't touched on this. We have treadmill classes at the Woburn and Danvers studio. How does that work? Kind of like, um, I mean, are you familiar with Orange Theory or? Yeah. Barry's, Barry's boot camp, mm-hmm. all that. Same thing. That's why I say. On the treadmill, off, on, off. That's why I say, are there a lot of gay dudes in the, the bar classes? Because I went to a Barry's in West Hollywood. Yeah, but look where you're going. Well, I didn't know West Hollywood was like a predominantly gay community. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't know Barry's, a lot of dudes, gay dudes went. So mm-hmm. it was like. 90 gay dudes walked out of the barriers. Were they hitting on you? Well, I actually went into the locker room (laughs) on accident. I didn't know what was going on. And, uh, and yeah, and there was like a hundred gay dudes. And I was like, is this like just only a, like a gay workout class? Right. Like you didn't know. You're like, oh, "Oh." I didn't know West Hollywood. It would be like doing a bar class in P-Town. I'm sure you'd have a Mm -hmm. massive. Yeah. So are you going to do a new studio soon? I don't know. You got ideas for it though. Right. What? You have like a, a fifth location idea. Um, out of state. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Rhode yeah. Island? No, I'm not sure really. So I had an instructor. Um, her name is Caroline. Shout out to Caroline. She's amazing. Shout she out to um she teaches virtual classes still for us. So her husband got his job got relocated to New York, and they moved to Connecticut. And we've always talked, you know, back and forth about doing a Connecticut studio. Because I trust her and she'd be a great person to run it. Why not park one in the middle of the city, like a back bay or a seaport location? The city is so saturated with. Is it? Yeah. There's a fitness studio everywhere. And like back to like what we were talking about before, like when I had just Andover and Danvers and there was, I had no competition then. There was nobody else doing this. So that's why I feel kinda, like. Kind of like podcasts. Yeah, awesome. exactly. Right. So I feel like if I could go. So what I've noticed is when I go around and take class, if I take class around here and then I go out of state, like we went to California, Rebecca and I, we took probably four or five classes in like a 24-hour period out there because we weren't there long and we wanted to try as many studios as we could. Every class was different. Every studio was different. Here, this is, I don't know if I should say this, everyone's biting off each other. Everyone's copying each other. I think they're swagger jacking you. Not necessarily me, just in general. Like if I go to, if I take class at my studio and then I go to three other bar studios, it's all the same. It's like a little bit different. Then why Not go to the Tanya? Franchises. So why go to me? I mean. Here's the sales pitch. Let's hear it. Yeah. I mean. I'm I, selling all day after this. So you're going to sell all day? I got a bunch of stuff I got to sell. Yeah. I've been yeah. selling sweatshirts like crazy. I mean, I've been around for a long time. I started I opened in 2010. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm very creative. I'm super fun. I mean, I I know our classes are really good. You leave sweaty. You feel good. You, you know, I don't want to go take a bar class where I leave looking exactly the same. And I think people have that impression. If they take bar, it's like a fluff of a workout. And they, you know, I do. I have clients that show up, but like they just got a blowout. I'm like, you do know like you're going to sweat in here. And they're like, you know, waving their hand in front of their face. And they're like, I didn't want to sweat today. I'm like, you came in the wrong place. But they might have tried a different bar studio that's like, you know, not as intense. I want like a sweaty workout. So I think, I guess, speaking out of context, not every studio is the same. But if somebody worked for me and then they go open a studio, 
It's not really going to be that different than my studio. Oh, so, the, so the main competition is an ex-employee? Typically, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're, like, so you're the Bill Belichick of bar studios. No, I'm not because there's people prior to me that are amazing. But I, I try not to copy those people. But you didn't have a, a mentor, right? Um, not in the bar world, no. So you have like a, a coaching tree of bar instructors. Yeah, but and you know it's so it's just like I feel like to keep opening up in mass is silly because we all end up kind of meshing together and doing doing the same thing. Like after a while. Like when I like I said, when I went to California, there was no two studios were the same. And these weren't even franchises that I was I were go I was visiting, you know? Um so I feel like going to somewhere like Connecticut or like even just a, another like city that's not necessarily like New York, Boston, Miami, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like we would do well there just because I've taken classes at all these places. And like when I do, none of the people are doing what I'm doing. Like they're not teaching bar the way I'm teaching it. So I, don't know, I think I think we'll be good. Tony's the boss. Estelle, do you have something to say? Sorry. Oh, I forgot. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Um, okay. Last question. Yeah. When did you have fun? Do I have fun? Did you have fun today? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because we should pro- do more of these. Well, we should do more. all different topics. We could do diet. Let's do diet. I mean, but I, I'm. You're not. the only other person I know who I, who does an eighteen six fast. Really? Yeah. Most people do sixteen eight. And usually, like my stomach's growling all day, but this is like an insight into this. Like, I didn't follow my fasting window yesterday. What time did you start? Stop. Um. It wasn't that I stopped, uh, I didn't stop like later than six, but I ate earlier than noon. So that's why today I'm like getting adjusted back to you, it. You're going to go hit Duncan's after this? No, because you know what's funny? I'm not hungry, but my stomach's growling. Mm-hmm. So that's like the strange thing. Like I'll be sitting with someone. They're like, are you hungry? I'm like, no. They're like, I know, I know I'm like, I know you can hear my stomach. Like you sure? Like yeah. your stomach. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not and hungry. You're like, shut up. I've drank so much water today and I'm like, I'm fine. Do you do seltzer to blunt your appetite? Yeah, I do seltzer, yeah. Yeah, big yeah. seltzer. What about sparkling? And What's what, the difference? That's what I was going to ask you. I don't know the difference. I like polar seltzers. I, I like thought that. it was the same thing. Me too. No, like if you get San Pellegrino. Oh, I see. That's like a mineral water, I think. Oh. It's like. But then what's soda water? Mm. Right, like a Tito's and soda? Like how is that different than Tito's and polar seltzer at home? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I think it, it just sounds... And then nice. what's still water? Still is That's this. just normal water. Yeah, they just say that at fancy restaurants. Right? Would you like still Well, I had, a, <laughs> I had an alcohol company up on the show, Noka, and they're a spiked still water. You guys oh. might like this. Their theory was girls love drinking White Claws at the beach, but they hate the carbonation in their stomach because yeah, it makes bloated. them feel bloated. Yeah. So they're like, could we do the White Claw without the bubbles? Yeah, you could. Does that like sound intriguing, you guys? Because to me, I was like, like if, if anyone catches you drinking one of these, man, <laughs> spiked, right? Yeah, and if it was really low sugar, yeah, and are they doing ha- it? Have to taste good. Yeah, they're gonna okay. Probably work with us. I think people event. do complain about bloating a lot. Oh my gosh, and it, I have friends that drink a lot of those things. I don't like them. <laughs> I'll I'll drink it if I have to, and it's the only thing like at the cookout. But I don't want to drink it. Yeah. Okay, so. What are some simple exercises I could do at home that are bar related that will help improve my mobility? I had a big, as you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, yeah. if I'm not sounding conceited, Scott Sigmund worked on my shoulder. Yeah. So like I'm constantly trying to loosen up the old labrum yeah. and the rotator cuff. What are some things I could do? Does he, did he give you any restrictions? 
No, don't take steroids. Well, obviously. <laughs> That's pretty much but it. But movement-wise? Well, this was a year ago. I'm now, like, oh. stronger than I was beforehand. But I'm, okay. all, I'm constantly trying to, like, keep it loose. Okay. Did you... You went to PT after? I did. What kind of stuff did they have you doing for it? A lot of resistance band. Yep. So, we use these silver balls. They're a pound each. They're filled with sand. So, a full water bottle, obviously, that's not drank out of, is about a pound. So... All right, so let's say this is my weight. I'm just going to do what you're going to demo this? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, you would have one in each hand. Okay, but we're just working the left. Would okay. you want me to put it out here? Yeah. So, circle. Little circles. Backwards. Ooh, Everyone goes backwards. forward first. Backwards. Yep. Um, and then do, like, a twisting motion. So, down, up, we call that down, turn, up. We call that turn the light bulb. Yep. And, like, twisting from your shoulder, not just yeah. your wrist. Yep. Um, bending and pressing. Yep. Flip your palm to the back wall. Press backwards. We call that the see you, yep. dude. Yep. Um, if you didn't have a weight in your hand and you could do the same thing, thumb up, thumb down with the rotation. And you're holding the bar though, this whole time. No, right? no. So I should have explained this. We start with a, war- a general class, a typical class. You start with a warm-up center floor with your mat and your weights. Do upper body. Move to the bar. Thighs and glutes. Move back to the mat, abs, stretch. Okay. And then you leave. Sounds terribly taxing. But with the resistance bands, yeah. I mean, we'll wrap the bands around the bar and do like shoulder work or do like pulling up and down, that kind of stuff. You do like a bench press off the bar too? A bench press off the bar with a band? You with a band, yeah. Mm, If you have the right band, the bands that that have like handles on them, I have TheraBands and they don't have handles. Um, so we don't do that. I mean, you can, but it's like a little tricky to hold on to it. Okay. Yeah. You going to come to class? I will. I want to go to the assembly. Can Estelle come? Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to wear like, um, I'm going to wear GDP, obviously. Like a tutu? No, I'm kidding. I'm going to be, so- <laughs> like I'm going to be selling to all the moms. We're going to get them all new t-shirts. Okay. Listen, <laughs> this is how we start and end the episode. You ready? I heard about this. Oh God. I heard all about this. From <laughs> no, I, I heard it on your, um, I listened to your you're one with Sandra. Uh, didn't she? Did she get it right the first time or no? No. She didn't? Oh, no, so, and so I did, may not either. You're ready this time. I'm a little ready. Did How did Thoughts do? Did he get it right the first time? I don't think so. Okay, so it's Oh, hi. Scott. Okay, yeah. Hi. I'm blank, and this is my golden hour. I'd say I'm Tanya from Barnack Studios. Is that what I should say? That's what I would say, but <laughs> I'll tell you. And then, hi. I'm blank from blank, and that was my golden hour. Okay. You came prepared, didn't you? I don't know. We'll see what comes out uh, of my we'll mouth. See. Let's try it. <laughs> All right, whenever you're ready. Hi, my name is Tanya Croto from Bar 9 Studio, and this is my golden hour. Bang, and then. Hi, my name is Tanya Croto from Bar 9 Studio, and this was my golden hour. Nope. Blew it, Tanya. What did I do? It's this is, right? This is. I did the this is. And then what'd you do for the second one? I did was. We did this was. It's that was. Oh, that was. Okay, yeah. I told you. I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth. Ugh. That was. Okay. <laughs> Ready? 
It's just funny how many people mess this up. I think it's <laughs> how, hilarious. Can I ask you something? How come at this stage you don't have like a little whiteboard that just says it and then the because people then can I read be, it? Because then I want to be fun. It's hilarious when people mess it up. <laughs> okay. It's your favorite. Part uh, it is that. your favorite. No, I actually really, really enjoyed this episode. It was a blast. Yeah. We have other ideas, right? Dating ones we're going to do and all this kind of stuff. I didn't. I don't, I don't know. If yeah, we, we talked about it. We're going to have like a dating podcast relationship advice we're gonna give people relationship you're advice like implanting a memory you're like remember we talked about we this. talked on the phone <laughs> we could do like uh white suburban mom of the week let's do it and have her up here and double interview her that'd be fun okay let's do it all right whenever you're ready don't blow it tanya hi my name is tanya croto from bar nine studio and that was my golden hour no you got to say the full thing so you got to do this is again oh, and then <laughs> You're joking. We're going to be here all day. Oh, yeah. That's okay. fine. I'll be just freezing in the back of this warehouse. So, this is my golden hour. That was. Well, you got to introduce yourself. So. I, I know. I'm just getting it down. See, I'm Tanya, the spunk okay. queen. All right. Hi, my name is Tanya Croto from Bar 9 Studio, and this is my golden hour. Bang. Hi, my name is Tanya Croto from Bar 9 Studio, and that was my golden hour. Estelle, we give her a pass. Whoa. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. This is Connor Hallway of the Golden Hours Podcast, and hey, this is a GDP Minute, and this is produced by a brand new producer for the show, Estelle. And she's right here next to me, so I'm, I won't say anything mean about her. But listen, we just had Tanya of Bar 9 Studios up on the show, and Tanya is a young boss. She owns four different bar studios in the North Shore and greater Boston area. She, ha- she also has another location. Um in assembly row and she used to be a patriots and bruins cheerleader and she used to do cheer stuff for the celtics and so there was a lot of talk in this episode one about what it was like being a professional cheerleader two what is bar and why don't men do it and how can we incentivize men to do more of it to be honest still seems pretty taxing if i'm being totally transparent with everybody seems like definitely a female-centric workout and she also talked about how she scaled her business and how she kind of acquired a business sense over time to to build her brand up more and i think she'll probably open some more studios coming up she's a hustler man additionally we had a little bit of talk about diet in there because tanya does an 18-6 fast which is like a more extreme version of fasting than most people do. And we had a great time. Did you have a good time? Estelle said she had a really good time. So that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. And there is big information about the new GDP event coming up January 17th. And I'll have more registration information coming up. But it's going to be popping. I'm ready to go sales mode. That is a GDP Minute.